So last week, we introduced this new sermon series on our mission statement here at St. Luke's. And we didn't just make up the idea of a mission statement. Jesus gives his church a mission statement that lasts through every generation. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and doing what we're doing now, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. And as we talk about our mission statement here at St. Luke's, awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ, that for us is simply a re-articulation of Christ's mission statement that applies to everyone for our specific time and place. And so we continue. Last week we talked about awakening hearts. We talked about the difference between when a heart is awakened, it is burning for Christ. When hearts are awakened, we don't just hear the gospel and say, huh, that's nice. But it actually means that it change, we realize it for the radical life-changing gospel message that it is. And this week, we focus on in every generation. And how appropriate at a place like St. Luke's. You've heard it before. We, we are a literal cradle-to-grave ministry. You meet Jesus at the waters of baptism, whether you're new to the world or whether you've been here for 80 years. And as, as you grow up, we have a school over here to continue to mentor. And if it's not in the school, we have faith milestone programs. We start them at three years old, discipling them towards knowing Christ. We... We have a generation service going on just next door. In every stage of life, whether you're single or married, parents or not, there's a ministry. And when that time comes towards the end of your career, we have the Lutheran Haven right over here. And we pray to God that Christ returns somewhere in those seasons of life. But if not, there's a place across the street that we can wait with Jesus until he comes back. It's a cradle-to-grave ministry, every generation. What an opportunity our generations are. And today, we meditate on the gospel reading that Vicar just read for us, the Magnificat. And unfortunately, we can't unpack all of the richness of this song that is a song that magnifies God to every generation, but... I want to focus in this morning on Mary's words that are God's words. That God's mercy is for every generation to those who fear him. What does God's mercy to every generation mean? And ultimately, we hope to see that God's mercy is for every generation. Whether we like it or not, it is for every generation so that we would join Mary in magnifying our Lord to every generation. What does that mean, that God's mercy is for every generation? First, I think it's a great comfort to us that God's mercy doesn't skip a generation. The Magnificat does a really good job of making that really clear. God's mercy does not skip over 
generations. It's not just like God's mercy is for the first generation and the last generation and a lot in between, but for every single generation, which is important for us. Because in our world, we are really good at parsing out generations. You, you have the baby boomers and Gen X and the millennials and Gen Z. And, and sometimes as we parse out one generation from another, we look at some and say, well, this one might be a lost generation. <laughs> and yet... Sometimes that feels a little bit closer to home as we look at our own families and see people who have fallen away from the faith. But we have this gospel message from Mary that the gospel, God's mercy, doesn't skip a generation. So that even if there are those grandchildren or children that you pray for every single day that you wish that they would hear God's word, Well, God has given them peers, and God has given them you, so that the message of God's mercy is still in their ears. It doesn't skip a generation. And second, God's mercy is for every generation. That means that one generation can't boast of receiving more mercy than another. Uh, Pastor Arp often defines mercy in, in this way that is very biblical to its foundation. Mercy is God not giving us the wrath that we deserve. Uh, to be distinguished from grace, which is God giving us the good stuff that we don't deserve. But here in this song, Mary focuses on mercy. She focuses on the fact that God doesn't give us exactly what we deserve, which is a whole lot of wrath. The fact that God's mercy is for every generation means that we can't take pride in our generation because every generation is full of sin. There's enough sin in our generation to merit eternal condemnation. And when we look at our generations, often our first instinct is to be proud of them. Uh, to, to justify our perspectives, to justify the perspectives of people who think like us or see things like us. And if we do that, we are putting ourselves pridefully in the place of those who are mighty and rich in spirit. And Mary's song teaches us that that's a dangerous place to be. Because those who are mighty and rich in spirit are those that God casts to the ground. Rather, it's a better place to be poor in spirit. To humble ourselves and to hunger for the righteousness that God might fill us with. Because when we're filled with pride in our own generation... This is what perpetuates the thing that we call a generational gap. Now, the fact that, that one generation has different values and different ways of communicating from another, so much so that it becomes hard to communicate. Now, if we take pride in our generation, we're perpetuating what the world is already doing. 
You know, on social media, you have pretty much generational platforms. There's a generation on Facebook, a generation on Instagram, a generation on TikTok and Snapchat. And we all talk in our own generations, in our own little sections, so that we know the values and opinions of people who are like us more and more and become jaded to the values and opinions that are different from our own. Christ doesn't call us to pride. He calls us to humility and repentance of our own sins, of the sins of our generation, even of our own perspective on things so often. Young people, I'll speak to young people first because I kind of look like one of them. <laughs> we are so quick to be dismissive. So quick to dismiss tradition. So quick to dismiss people. So quick to dismiss opinions that are different than our own. We may be patient enough sometimes to ask, well, well, why wouldn't we change? Only to hear a kind of flustered and shocked response. Well, we, we've always done things that way so that we can jump out and say, see, there was no real reason anyway. Rather than having awakened hearts, rather than having the kind of inquisitiveness that Christ showed us last week, to do the research, to learn the history, to learn the history of the people and the situations that have made the situation that we're stepping into what it is today. Because we've always done it that way rarely means that that's the only reason for a tradition. With inquisitive hearts that are awakened, we can inquire. We can inquire and learn and humble ourselves as students of those who are more experienced than us. We'll, we'll call them more experienced people. <laughs> and those of us who are more experienced. I know I don't really fit into this group, but it's really all relative because when I'm in a first grade, then I'm, I'm the old man too. Uh, and it's tempting, it's so tempting to cringe at the out-of-control energy and creativity of those who are younger than us. You know, that we have that saying, youth is always wasted on the young. And it's easy to think, well, we've been there and we've done that and now we know better. And the truth is, you probably do. But maybe... Just imagine what it would be like if we could take that creativity with the same kind of awakened heart, with the same kind of inquisitiveness that Christ showed us last week and funnel that out-of-control creativity through the experience that we have gathered over the years. What might you be able to accomplish then? And the point of this sermon isn't only what we might be able to accomplish, but the point of this sermon is to throw off any pride of our own generation so that we, like Mary, might receive the mercy of God and magnify his name to other generations. 
God's mercy for all generations means we can't take pride in our own righteousness, but we must come to God in humility and hunger, trusting in his mercy. God's mercy is for all generations. That means all generations are guilty and in need of his mercy. And the amazing thing about this song, where Mary talks about all generations, God's mercy being for all generations, is that the song itself is inspired by the beginning of God's greatest act of mercy. Mercy embodied is resting in Mary's womb as she sings this song. The mercy in the person of Jesus Christ. Who just as we confess every week, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And there on the cross, we see this beautiful picture of mercy as God's mercy and justice meet at the crossroads of the cross. The cross has implications because in it, we see God's mercy for every generation. Just as Mary says, this isn't just about me, this is about Abraham and his offspring forever. This is for every generation, so that all generations are actually united in the cross of Christ, because all generations look to that cross to see God's mercy for them. Fearing his wrath that is poured out, but trusting in his mercy that that wrath is passed on the cross. We are baptized into that same cross. I think of God remembering his mercy here at the end of Mary's song. And when I think of memories, I, sometimes I think of that scene in Harry Potter, and I don't know what movie it is, but Dumbledore has this thing in his office. It's like a bowl, and it's a really creepy bowl full of memories kind of swimming around. And if you step back, it looks like a baptismal font. And it makes me think of a baptismal font for more than just that reason. Because as we think of our own baptismal font, Well, what is it other than a place that God remembers his mercy? He remembers his mercy on the cross and there, uh, like it's, not in such a creepy way, but like it's swimming around in the waters of baptism uh, are the salvation of all of those who have been baptized before for generations and generations, all of those who hope in Christ from Adam to Abraham to Jacob to myself and even to Frederick this morning. God remembers his mercy there and unites your life to the cross so that even as we fear God, even as we fear the judgment day that is coming, we know that our judgment is finished in the cross because God's mercy is for all generations and God's mercy is for you too. And with Mary... We aim also to magnify this God to every generation. That's our goal here at St. Luke's. And we ask that you would take a piece of this goal. And at least this week, try to magnify God 
to one other generation. Take a step. Whatever that might look like in your life. Parents, whether that's taking the catechism or the Bible off of the shelf and and taking a moment to pause as a family and digest the word of God together. Research shows it year after year that it's you parents who are actually the most powerful faith formers for your children. Not pastors, not teachers, not mentors, but the parents. And so maybe this week, it looks like trying to find new ways to foster that faith in your children. Grandparents, maybe it looks like reaching out to your children or grandchildren to remind them that you're praying for them. Or to find a time to actually pray with them. To remind them of God's love for them and of God's mercy for that generation. Maybe more experienced people. Maybe it it looks like finding somebody in this congregation or in your world. Maybe a neighbor that you could actually mentor. And spend some time to learn their story. Or, Or younger people, maybe... It takes us finding somebody that might mentor us. Whatever it looks like this week, my challenge to you is that you you find a way to magnify our glorious God to another generation because God's mercy is for all generations. And if you fail miserably this week, well, that's a bummer. But you'll be okay because... You have been baptized into the mercy of God on the cross. God's mercy is for every generation, which means that God's mercy is for you too. Now may this peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.